All right, welcome to a new episode of the National Pulse Friday, 14th of May, the year of our Lord, 2021. Coming at you live from Capitol Hill. And I will remind you once again, as I will do until the wall comes down, that the nation's capital is still behind a wall. But walls don't work. Or something. And in the last 24 hours, you know, it's incredible. We've, we've suddenly learned that these these walls that we've been wearing on our faces don't work, right? And now the the Biden regime is is flummoxed and flailing around, trying to rack up some kind of goodwill or political win over this thing. Mark my words, Jen Psaki can remonstrate all she likes, but this was a political decision made by political operatives who are going, oh, holy crap, gas prices are through the roof. We were hacked and paid a ransom as a nation. Don't think that was a private thing and a private company. They're attacking America, these people, and they know they are. The southern border is an absolute disgrace by design, by the way. That is not a coincidence. It is not incompetence. The southern border has been destroyed intentionally within the first hundred days of the Biden regime. And so they're looking for this political win. And the political win is tell them they don't have to wear masks anymore. Just just tell them to take the masks off. And then they'll all like us again. We'll get some goodwill out there. And now, of course, then everybody's talking about masks. It's on the television. And uh, we oh, the, bring the cameras back from the southern border. And, and let's talk to some people in Virginia about how they feel about not wearing a mask anymore. You see, you know the way the media works now. It's ludicrous. I mean, what are we talking about this way? Okay, look, we've got a guest in studio with us here today who finally arrives for our lunch <laughs> late and it's future congressman terry schilling whoa 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 of the american principles project the executive director of the american principles project my old job that's a bill maher joke no bill maher's got covid so i'm taking over as bill maher this week Yo, terry been, welcome he, thanks for having it's me. weird that we haven't done this it's terrible because we... Especially I, given that you pay for this. Well, and I, and I think we do a good job. I think that we have good chemistry. Yeah, You know, if true. you were a girl, I mean, I... What? Never mind. Right. Let's not... No. Uh, yeah, move no. on. No. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> I didn't know about that button. <laughs> That's the come on, man button. Um, what we're talking about now, what's on the screens now, on people's television screens now, is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right, Marjorie Taylor Greene heckled AOC. Let's let's just call it what it is. She heckled her. Okay, she challenged her to a debate. Maybe she raised her voice. It's called a heckle. But heckling is now terrorism. Heckling is now domestic terrorism, and they're trying to portray Marjorie Taylor Greene as a domestic terrorist inside the walls, inside the barricades of the U.S. Capitol. Let, let, me, let me frame this for you, Terry, before I get your thoughts on this. AOC was the outsider. The outsider coming in to shake things up, this fresh, young, new voice who's going to teach us all how to be cool. Cool like AOC, right? Like multicultural, and she's dancing in videos. And now AOC is literally defended by the entire corporate establishment because a five foot four is she that short marjorie taylor Green? oh i don't know but she's small she's smaller than me she could kick your ass though I oh she could absolutely kick my ass she could kick both of our asses <laughs> together at the same time but they're now saying oh she's She's a terrorist. She's terrorizing our dear AOC. And what does she say to it? Did she say, you're an ugly B-word? No. Did she say, 
you know, you're a stinking commie. No. She said, could we please have a debate about the Green New Deal? And that's terrorism now. Words are violence. Words are violence. So let's get some Terryisms on this. Look, these are the Democrats. AOC included, Elon Omar, the whole squad, Eric Swalwell, that handsome, <laughs> handsome lad. Uh, Mr. Farty Pants. They call conservatives, anyone to the right of Mao, they call them Nazis. Yes. Racists. Bigots. They call us the worst names ever. Like, I... I reserve those types of accusations for only the worst people. But they call us the worst things ever. And then they cry when we just want to debate issues. Like, say what you want about Marjorie Taylor Greene. The Republicans did themselves no good by removing her from oh, her committee. Oh, they've left her unchained now. She has nothing, yeah, else, got to nothing else to do. And, and and frankly, if I was her, I would be relishing in this because they look typically what they do. And my dad was a freshman member of Congress. Yes. He, he served one term. Yes. And what they do when you're a freshman is they put you on the worst, most meaningless committees ever, but they tell you it's really important. Right. So they put you on the science committee, they put you on natural resources. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, like these committees do do important stuff, especially if you're in like, you know, the the western part of the United States, like Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, those states, you really actually do want to be on natural resources. But you'd be much better off on a probes. So anyway, they could have just taken up her time, put her on three or four committees, and, you know, right. kept her busy. Right. But now she's free, she's liberated. And um, I'm loving it. She's she's going to be very entertaining. And she's going to really shake things up and make people feel uncomfortable. Which, which by the way, we have to start making people feel uncomfortable again. Politics is, is a, in a very bad shape right now. And if you don't realize that the Democrats are coming for you, they're coming for your families, they're coming mm -hmm. for your businesses, you need to start paying attention. Because you're going to wake up one day and you're going to all be wearing masks. Your schools are going to be shut down. Your businesses are going to be shut down. Oh, wait. Yeah. That's already happened. Right. So it's only going to get worse from here if we don't start fighting back. I um, I, I really enjoyed the YAL. This is the Young Americans for Liberty, this very li libertarian group, right? But they sponsored this post on the Babylon Bee, and it was a, a satirical post that said, if only if only there had been somebody trying to warn us all these years about government and power. And the headline image was just this picture of a smiling Ron Paul. You know? <laughs> and I just I feel I almost feel complicit in in you know, thinking that those people wouldn't I said this on the war room the other day, you know, all right, fine, Alex Jones plays up to it. But but a lot of what these people have been saying for years and years about the power that is being amassed by faceless bureaucrats and and now the bureaucrats have faces so we thought that would be a good thing right at the time right let's put a face to the bureaucrat and then what happens when you actually do get the face of a bureaucrat as as your kind of lead governing you get fauci mm -hmm. and you get all the people in washington dc putting have you seen these yard signs that say thank you dr fauci oh he has a cult around him it is sick but he's lying every day to their faces or right. to their masks and they're thanking him. I mean, this is the equivalent of bending over and saying, please, sir, may I have another? Exactly. He, they, that, Fauci is the reason why there's delays in the vaccine and people getting vaccinated, yeah. why people still don't want to wear masks. This guy has lied at every opportunity he's okay. been given. Terry, Dr. Fauci is the reason this disease exists. I will go that far. Number one, all the gain-of-function stuff that we know of, all of that will come out. We have this huge article by, by Peter Navarro up on the National Polls right now today that explains the nine things you need to know before making a conclusion, and every single one of those nine things points to Fauci, NIH, NIAID, um, all of that whole gain-of-function operation, the Wuhan lab, Chapel Hill, all of it. The evidence is staring us in the face. But more importantly, because let's say that if it weren't Fauci doing that, it would have been somebody else doing that, Maybe that's true. Who was it that was trying to stop Trump shutting down the border? It was Dr. Fauci. Fauci wanted Chinese people 
government officials and all flying into the United States at the outbreak of this virus. That's right. And it was docked, and it was for the grace of God that we have Dr. Peter Navarro in there making the case robustly that the president listened to, shut the border, otherwise you'd have you'd have hundreds of thousands more dead, right? The fact that we have any dead is is a big problem, mm-hmm. right? It's a big problem because deaths require culpability like this. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been any culpability for Andrew Cuomo shoving people in nursing homes and and all the other governors by Cuomo gets the worst rap of it and he deserves it but there are all the other governors across the country democrat governors across the country who did the same thing while pointing fingers at, while pointing their finger at Donald Trump three fingers were pointing right back at them mm-hmm. and Fauci is now you can see is scrambling i mean he is afraid you saw that you saw that yep, exchange the, with Rand Paul. Oh, it was beautiful. Yep. You are absolutely wrong about this, and this is oh. why. Can how, I just you like, say by something? The way, how good an impression. No, no, that's a, that's actually one of the better ones I've heard. Um <laughs> have, he, he, this thing that he's doing that, that he keeps doing, it's just kind of grating. I don't know if you've kind of grating like, t- like gotten into this, but like he's from the beginning, he's had this uh attitude and this uh this way of speaking this cadence where <laughs> it's obviously meant and designed to make you feel like he's mm-hmm. serious and he knows what he's doing but it hasn't it hasn't been more clear that he has no clue what the hell he's doing he's been misleading the american people and he he owned it right he's he referred to it as a noble lie this whole like stop wearing masks that they don't help you. Um, it will, it, it was just to get, make sure that we didn't have a mass shortage for the healthcare professionals. Oh, but then wear every mask, wear double masks. Like the guy is obviously a scam artist. He is obviously trying to fool us. He's admitted to doing so, but everything about him now, when I hear his voice, when mm. I hear him talking, it's like, you think we're idiots. You think that we're just going to listen to whatever. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research... I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying things that are not correct. Government defenders of gain-of-function... By the way, I think my impression of him is better than his, <laughs> his, 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 of his impression of him. You are saying things that are not correct, uh, right? You know, he's Catholic. You say, oh, no, he's not. Well, no, he's not, right. but he's Catholic. Right. And it's like- This is not televised. You, he's doing air quotes. Oh, air quotes. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'm used to being on War Room with Raheem. And uh, so, no, he's Catholic. Yeah. He's Catholic. And yeah, he's, he's uh, you know, pro, obviously pro-abortion. He's he's actually, the Susan B. Anthony list just came out with this um, research that showed that he was funding radical experiments on uh, aborted babies and, and unborn children, like crazy stuff. I'll send it to you. I you need the to National see this. Poll should definitely yeah. cover it. It's, it's, it's a big story. Wow. So, look, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make very clear that we, we, we sat down here without a, a, a list of topics and, and, and we just kind of let rip. This is, this is what we do. You know how I run the show over here. There isn't this whole list of things that we, we want to checklist through. But there are certain things out there right now that are, it's impossible to ignore them, right? There are certain things out there right now that are so brazenly in your face that you're being lied to and lied to and lied to that it's impossible to ignore them. And, and so here's a question I have for you, because you have a family. You have a very mm-hmm. big family, Terry. Um, and families cost money. And money is something that this current administration, regime as I like to call it, mm-hmm. doesn't seem to care about when it comes to ordinary people. Yes, they're happy to keep Anthony Fauci as the top paid uh, government employee in the United States. But for you... You know, your gas prices are shooting up, you know, lumber prices, chicken shortages. Are you familiar with this now? Mm-hmm. There's a chicken shortage? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Shortage. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's all going on. We're living in Venezuela. Like, you know, we, we, right. we, we've already made that transition. We just haven't realized it yet, right? Because we still kind of have some nice things. They're gonna, They're about to start taking your nice things away from you, by the way. But we kind of got some nice things left, so people aren't really alive to this. But I want you to explain to people... 
how many kids are in your how many kids do you have so i'm the eldest of 10 yeah but i only have five kids right i only have five kids (laughs) right but you'll have 10 by the time you're done god willing yeah um but you've got five kids and you're how old 20 30 30, 34 (laughs) i wish i was still 22 you're well you don't look a day over 50 so (laughs) you're how costly is what's going on right now for a family like yours uh it's really expensive. I mean, it's not. Here's the thing. That here's why it's expensive. But you had most of your kids under. Well, yeah, yeah. Majority of your kids under Trump. Uh, I had two kids under Trump. Okay, fine. So you expanded your family by by a significant percentage under the Trump yep. administration, ostensibly because you could afford it then. Right. Well, look, we're we're always going to have kids, yeah. regardless of what taxes go to. Yeah. Like we're just open to whatever God sends our way. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's not getting difficult as hell right and the reason it's difficult as hell is because i can't send my children to public school and trust that well trust two things one that they're teaching them anything worth knowing right or two that they're not indoctrinating and confusing my child on important issues like sexuality race family in America. Mm-hmm. You look at like what our kids are learning in school. You take critical race theory, which is basically mandatory training in every school for every public school teacher. Mm. It teaches people that all white people are racist right. inherently. It, te- it essentially it's the opposite of Martin Luther King Jr. Right. You know, the co- the color of your skin determines the content of your character. Yeah. So that's just race, right? And then you what got is, what, what where do I fit into all of this? Well, you're just brown. <laughs> yeah, but I well, just what? I just look at you as my friend though. I don't <laughs> I, when I see you, I don't think like, oh, there's that brown friend of mine. Like I just think like, hey, that's that's, that's that funny guy. because every time I see you, I absolutely think there's that very white friend of mine. <laughs> that's like the most insulting thing ever. This <laughs> is what I hate, right? Like they, they call us white supremacists, right? And like I think the least favorite thing about me is that I'm white. Uh, it's the most boring part. It's like, you know, right. Oh, it just means you like macaroni and cheese basically. <laughs> and you, you don't like a lot of spices in your food. By the way, yeah. I love spices in my food. I'm yeah. I watched cook. you eat a Nashville hot chicken sandwich from union pub. <laughs> that thing is no joke. Union pub, yep. Nashville hot chicken sandwich. It's delicious. But like, that's, we're not paid to advertise by the way. Not yet. I think Union Pub's gone all lefty, by the way. Ooh. Yeah, I do. They used to be pretty good at yeah. cutting right down the middle. Yeah. Well, we should stage a protest. Yeah, I'm just not going. But here. here's the thing. Think about this other aspect of school. Yeah. So it's like the race thing, which is super toxic. You're basically teaching kids that they need to be racist in order right. to be accepted. So then you move on to, I'm not going to get into sexuality first because that's the weird stuff. Look at the 1619 Project. Mm-hmm. We're teaching little children that America was not founded right. on liberty and right. life and the pursuit of happiness. Right. It was founded on racism yeah. and tyranny yeah. and evil. The America is, is inherently racist. The truth is that actually what the, what the, um, you know, the, the, the founders, the, the pilgrims, the expand, the Western expansionists, everyone, everyone who was involved in this, right. From the outset, what, what they were really doing they all got together and they had this meeting and they were like, we're actually, what we're going to do, we're going to found an entire country to enslave black people. Gonna it's going to be <laughs> They big, didn't have to do that, gonna, by the gonna, way. It's going to be a big prison for black people. That's, but, but this is what they're effectively oh, right. saying. That's what they're if, teaching our kids. If you, if you take their logic to its, you know, to its end, that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They are making an allegation that, so, that there was this uh, outwardly, um, you know, conspiratorial attempt to move black people from africa with the sole purpose of keeping them as slaves forever mm-hmm. whereas in reality what was happening at the time was this moral crisis in the world that led to the depravity of slavery that began in the uh, uh, arab world and in africa itself mm-hmm. you had african kings and dictators selling african people mm-hmm. and they would sell them to a black person or a white person or a brown person or yep. a Muslim person, they didn't care, right. right? And yes, it was a horrendous thing that happened. Absolutely, you know, the most horrendous thing that can happen is stealing someone's dignity and their life away from right. them and binding them to something that they may have no attachment to or may have no interest in, certainly have no stake in. The routineness of the of the inhumanity was very, very obvious to all of us now, right? right? But the idea that this was that this was somehow part of the of the of the aim 
was to create a country that would be a prison camp for blacks right. is a manifest nonsense. And I agree with you. See, I, people think of you sometimes as like a little nuts. Because you, you're you're a young guy, you got five kids already. You probably end up with fifteen by the end of it. I'm always talking about porn. Yeah, that is true. We'll get onto that. <laughs> banning in a minute. it, banning it, banning it. Way. Yeah. Um. But but you also homeschool like yep. like no other person I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You you throw. Thank your- you, Katie. You do a great job. We love you, Raheem. No, Katie. Katie's the homeschooler. That's your wife. Yeah. She's. You know, but she. She's outsourced to me. I go over there every day and teach your kids. British history? British everything. <laughs> Manners. I wonder why they developed a Yeah, they're accent. just drinking tea. <laughs> you get home, your kids are all sipping tea with their pinkies up. Um, no, look, I mean, you're, an, you're a weirdo, right? For, for, totally weird. To a lot of people. But actually, I think you're a pioneer. You're a genius. Because what? look, one day, God willing, I'll have kids, right? Why would I ever send them to school? And right. I feel I feel appalling for the for the families out there that can't do that, that don't have the choice or the the the, the kind of flexibility or latitude to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like there needs to be this organization or this or this group so that you know the best practice in that area can be shared. Mm-hmm. And I know there are some like homeschooling groups out there and, and all of that. But let me ask you about APP and what you guys are doing at the moment, because we've talked about this offline. You are actually putting together something like that, exactly. Right. Um, listen, what we're what we're trying to do is it's very very simple. Every single industry organization, special interest group in DC, they form a political action committee mm-hmm. to protect their interests. Mm-hmm. And that political action committee has lobbyists in the Capitol making sure that good laws are being passed and bad laws are being killed. You know, they do this for guns, big pharma, you, you name the industry and they've got a lobbyist in the Capitol yeah. and a loophole in the law. Yeah. And I'm creating that for families. And I was explaining this concept of what I want to do. For, not just for families, but for the American family. For the American family right. to save the country. Right. I, I, I've been, I've described this to a few donors yeah. um, and supporters of ours yeah. and they immediately said, oh, so you're organizing families in politics mm-hmm. to protect America and save the family. That's, that's kind of like what the NRA does for guns. Yeah. Right. And it's exactly right. So I tell people 30 second, or, you know, two second, we're just the NRA for families. Right. Like we, we are organizing families in politics to win elections and defeat bad guys. Yeah. And so you will be the next target of the Southern district of Manhattan. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't have enough money for them to be targeting me yet, but um, your listeners can help us out with that. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you're going to have this group and it's going, you're going to, you're going to effectively be the lobbyist for the American family. Right. I mean, right. without, without being a lobbyist. Right. And, and so what, we won't talk too much about it because you're going to do an official launch somewhere right. down the line. But it's very exciting because I, I know that to be true, is that I meet all these people when I'm out on the road, when I'm traveling. You do a lot of traveling too. We're out there. What is the, what is the most frequent question you hear? Apart from, sir, what are you doing here? <laughs> you can't be in it. Well, this the, is a Wendy's. Well, the, the most- what, is, what is the most frequent question you hear? And I'll tell you mine. It's the most frequent question is, how do we stop this? People just don't know. Like they don't realize that there's a school board that's determining the curricula Mm -hmm. for your kids. Mm -hmm. There is a, 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 a mayor of your town who's determining whether or not the town's employees are being taught critical race theory. Mm -hmm. There's a state representative who goes to the legislature and passes laws that, you know, to protect your community or, you know, whatever you have to be engaged. Everyone says, here's the thing. I love Andrew Breitbart. He mm. is he is, is a hero to me. Mm. He is a pioneer, mm. but he was absolutely 100% wrong mm. on one thing. What? That politics is downstream from culture. Mm. Politics is impacted by culture. Of yeah. course, you know, yeah. when they produce a new movie out of Hollywood or yeah. whatever the news media is saying, how they're covering stuff. But politics is a part of culture. Mm. And the reason it's a part of culture is because it impacts the other aspects of culture. When you pass a law, for example, it changes the culture. It changes society. People think that laws don't matter. No, laws impact you. I mean, have you heard of the mask mandate? 
that has impacted America. It has divided us. Right. It is. It makes us think of other Americans as as diseased <laughs> and and skeptical of them and and just suspicious. Oh so, yeah. I mean, did you hear Rachel Maddow on this? Oh yeah, she had oh, to be uh, what um, rewired. Rewired. Shall we play that? Let me. We find should that. play that. Let me find that. Keep um, going. But the the Gen- politics impacts the culture it's actually a driving force of culture it's not downstream from culture it's a part of culture and it can change it let me let me bring this clip up here okay it is an amazing thing i mean i will just tell you at a personal level i'm sorry for speaking of all that in such personal terms with the with dr walensky but when i was talking to people today about this new guidance and what to ask her everybody had very personal feelings about it. And I realized I did too. And all these questions, part of it is that I feel like I'm going to have to rewire myself so that when I see somebody out in the world, who's not wearing a mask, I don't instantly think you are a threat (laughs) or you are selfish or you are a COVID denier and you definitely haven't been vaccinated. I mean, we're going to have to rewire the way that she's describing prejudice right now, by the way, she's admitting to prejudice. She told me we are sure is that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask except in very specific circumstances. And so that means as we change that as a country, we are going to look at each other differently and have to unwire our preconceptions about what a mask or a lack of a mask means. President Biden spoke to that a little bit today, asking for people to President Biden actually and Dr. Fauci both spoke to that today, asking for people to essentially be patient, be compassionate, give people respect for whatever they decide on this front, because with these with this changing guidance, we're going to now have changing norms and we got to give each other space to have feelings about that. Um, as we go through what's going to be a big change that's going to create a lot of visceral, um, a lot of visceral reaction in a lot of us just in our day-to-day lives. A lot of visceral reaction, prejudging people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, isn't that amazing how we've gone from, he literally said that until every eligible American got their vaccine, that the removal of masks was, quote, Neanderthal thinking. (laughs) That was all of three weeks ago. And Mm. now we're in this position where you've got Rachel Maddow going up and going, yeah, so I'm a bigot and a, 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 you know, uh, I exercise extreme prejudice against people that I see in the street because of whether or not they're wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. So let's, uh, by the way, the most frequent question I hear is, um, similar it's um what can we do Mm -hmm. and i know that a lot of this audience will kind of roll their eyes or or think that we're we're maybe being a little bit condescending by by saying like hey not everybody knows about a school board Mm -hmm. but actually there's been a lot of um, or values the school board right like right people think like oh the presidency is the most powerful office No, no 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 your local school board has so much more power and control over what your kids are learning and how right. they're going to turn out than any president does so i'm not you know but i'm not trying to be condescending towards people i don't know about how a lot of this works right so i'm in the same camp um you know i don't know what an hoa is homeowners association but i keep seeing this Thing everywhere oh, i don't know what it terrible. does and it's i don't the, you're gonna hate it well what do i have to be in one it depends on where you're moving oh i don't want to be in a group. oh man i'd never be part of a club that would have somebody like me mm. as a member um listen there's been a lot of institutional knowledge that has just been lost over the last two generations that's right and i don't know if it was you know prolonged uh, Grateful Dead concerts that did it, you know, or or um, you know the advent of s- the internet and and you remember we were told we lived in an information age, mm-hmm. but the information age basically made us forget everything we knew to be true and good and right and proper and just, right? All of the hard lessons that were learned over over humanity's history, such as ending slavery, mm-hmm. right? prejudice anti-prejudice all of that and and we got these devices in our first in our homes i was doing the dial-up noise for natalie winters the other day because she had never heard it so i was like doing it on the show i was like boop, 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 boop. um but no they've lived it they've never lived in a world where you know quote unquote information is in your pocket right it's available at every turn 
But but we're not living in an information age. We're actually living in a misinformation age. We're living in a disinformation age. And it's not the kind of disinformation that MSNBC tells you exists or the Daily Beast tells you exists. What they're doing is they're rewriting the past. Like before our very... I mean, how many times have you been onto Wikipedia recently and looked at something that you, you know to be true, but the Wikipedia entry for it is just manifestly like garbage? That is happening a lot more nowadays. Right. Because the left is just going, yeah, you know what? There is no objective truth. And we're not going to give people a a means by which to measure objective truth anymore. No, that's exactly right. So, So when the question comes to me, which is what can we do... That's a lot more complicated a question than it sounds. Well, it, it, it is, but it's not. Because, look, if Americans just got back to the basics of faith, family, and freedom, mm-hmm. everything would fall into place. Well, listen. it's tough to get back there. I'm not going to deny no, no, that. No, no, no. I think, I think it's actually relatively easy to get back there if you are able to make the case to people. But, hell, Terry, we don't even know at this point in the afternoon, it's 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 3.35 in the afternoon. I don't even know if by the time I go to upload this podcast, if I will not have been kicked off Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. right? So you can get back to faith, family, and freedom if you have the mechanism by which to communicate that to people and you do a good job of it, which is what we're trying to do right now. But But the other part of why I say it's supremely complicated is... Faith, family, freedom ain't stopping Joe Biden sending the goon squad around. Well, so here, here, here's where it does, though. Here's where it does. So part of why we're in this mess is because of this great transition that's transpired over the last 50 years, mm. I would say, where we, instead of pushing our kids into blue-collar jobs so that they could go and provide for their families— we started saying, oh, no, 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 you have to go to college. Right. College is how you stand out. That's how you make the real dollars. <laughs> right. And what happened is the federal government got more involved, the state governments got more involved, and the price of tuition skyrocketed mm-hmm. to where, I'm not exaggerating, a four-year degree at some bullshit, uh, bull, bony. <laughs> you did it. Uh, you did it. I didn't finish. I didn't say the. Come on, man. I didn't finish. I, I stopped. Yeah. So, but bull, if you go to some garbage shibaloni. school, shibaloni, uh school, it costs $100,000 for some garbage degree. Oh, yeah. And so now our kids are graduating with $100,000 of debt. And guess what? Even if they want to get married, they're going to find a spouse, yep. partner with another 100000 So they're starting out life with a... I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's a hell of a, it's a, hell of a racket. It is. I mean, it's a hell of a racket they built. Who They're built, charging you to indoctrinate you. Who built this and and how and why? And it's it's just extraordinary. Because what it is, effectively, is because I'm thinking, like, where's that money going, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where is that money going? It's, it's sitting in their endowments. Did you right. see the Tom Cotton plan? This is fascinating. No. So all of these major colleges and universities, they have endowments that yes. they're supposed to use to help offset the cost of tuition, but none of them do. Right. So Tom Cotton introduced a bill yesterday mm. that would tax the endowments. So if you're a, co- a university oh. and you've got an endowment of over $2.5 billion, right? Yeah. And that's a lot of them. What are they doing with that? You're going to get taxed. And that guess where that money goes? vocational training yeah good through the trades so, so so but what are they sitting on that money for that's weird well they live off of the interest right so basically the idea is build up an endowment to uh you know a hundred billion dollars yeah. and then if you get you know a three percent return yeah. from the market you're talking like yeah what 30 million yeah no 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 you're talking 30 yeah, billion dollars you know, right three billion dollars so but here's the thing here's the, here's how the racket's just extraordinary to watch Okay, so who teaches at these colleges? Oh man, there are some good ones, but they're mostly terrible. they're mostly people who like just couldn't do a, a proper job. I mean, I couldn't do a proper right. job either, so I'm here doing a Those podcast. Those that can do, right, teach. right. But look, there are good teachers, like you say, and I had some good teachers growing up, and 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 whatever. But again, I got to tell you, I mean, some of my former university lecturers are probably listening to this. I, I know some of them are fascinated with me. Um, I've heard that some of my old university, university, see, that's how good you were, university <laughs> professors uh, really complain about me and and 
tell their classes that they don't take responsibility for how I turned out. I'm, I'm not kidding. I don't give you credit for that. These, these hyper left-wing um, professors who watched my role in like the Brexit campaign were telling their kids in class, and how do I know? Because those kids were reaching out to me. Here's the thing. And like, being like, oh, by the way, professor, this person spent 10 minutes at the top of the lecture disavowing you. I, here's the thing. Like, I just wish that people could be normal. They could recognize right. something that's really cool. Like, right. if I was friends with some radical progressive back home who right. got socialized medicine done in America, I would I would be saying like, uh, yeah, it's terrible, but like, I mean, he did you, something. Yeah, huge you've done a, that you've done a, a job. Big, like, you've done something. So, like, you you get involved in Brexit and right. it wins under great odds. And you now, know, by the way, odds. it has seventy percent approval rating. It's it's amazing. And and this lecturer feels like he has. Anyway, my point being, these lecturers, okay, these these professors, they have got a racket going on. Yep. That that you pay them, and you will spend your entire life in debt to pay them. To talk gibberish at you, mm -hmm. indoctrinate you, and who are these people? I mean, these are people, I mean, I suppose the Buckley quote is the best one, right? But these are people, I don't, I don't really know how to, how to politely do this. Because again, there are good ones out there, and I don't want anybody to take offense who's a teacher listening to this and thinking, oh, I'm not one of those. Yeah, I, I, get, I get that there are good ones out there. But like, these are people who dress badly, you know? They lay out on their front lawns, smoking joints, you know, reading some some derivative, you know, neo-Marxist tract. And oh, you want to? You need a you need a cough cough drop. <laughs> no, I'm good. All right. Um, and we have to pay them millions of oh, dollars over so the course money. of their lives yep, so for much. that. So what is that racket? And how do we take a wrecking ball to it? You take a wrecking ball to it by not sending your kids to college and definitely not paying for your kids to go to college. That is the first step. I think that in order to get back to normalcy, we have to start making some really tough decisions as families. Yeah. Um, one of those tough decisions is at the beginning of your marriage. My wife and I did this. Yeah. We decided that we wanted to prioritize our children and our family and that instead of getting the extra income to put away for retirement or to put towards a car, you know, a second car or a boat or whatever, yeah. we were going to live off of one income and do everything we could to live off of one income. Right. That was a deliberate choice. Mm -hmm. We started off that way. It was very tough in the beginning. It's still tough, mm -hmm. but uh, we have a full-time person at home with our kids. Right. And it's really, really nice. And frankly, when we, Katie and I were talking, you know, I was more than willing to go to the workplace, but I was, I would have been okay if she wanted to go to the workforce instead of me and be home. I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I think my kids are much better off with her at home than me, but it, it's, it's about simplifying things, prioritizing your family, living without the excesses, teaching people to live within their means and setting that deliberate decision to prioritize your children because you throw them in daycare, they're not going to be happy. Right. They, they might look happy, but they want their parents. Right. Your kids love you as, as big a pains in the asses as they are. <laughs> they do love you and they love being around you. And it's important that you love them back and you love them back by being with them by talking with them and prioritizing them, not mm. by giving them to some stranger to be raised by them. Or, or to a cellular device. Or to a... Well, that's that's the interesting thing you were just saying earlier, yeah. is like, you know, everyone has these smartphones mm -hmm. in their pocket and they have access to all types of information. Mm -hmm. Well, if your kid, 9, 10, 11 years old, mm -hmm. has a smartphone in their pocket, they have access to the world's largest porn shop. Yeah the world's largest porn theater. And I'll just say guys, like I've seen a lot of porn in my life. I've also drank a lot. I've smoked a lot of weed. I, I've done a lot of bad things. Mm -hmm. Right. But the porn when I was growing up was like boobs and right. butts. Right. You know, the porn today yeah, it's, is not just violent and horrific. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's, it's the, meant to program you. I the, think, well, the, you know, I've seen that there's this whole, like, culture now i mean i don't even get into it like i know you 
like because you're working on all of this stuff and i know those guys who who look at the sex trafficking stuff that's going on with Pornhub and all that like i'm aware of all of that but i don't get like hyper involved in this stuff for, for many reasons by the way i don't have a stomach for a lot of these things but i've noticed that there's this culture emerging around like incest on the internet now yep yep incest porn what is that here here's how evil and nefarious it is is uh it's not like it's not like, oh, I'm sleeping with my my biological mother. Yeah. It's not that. Yeah. It's actually more nefarious and evil. Uh. What it is is, oh, my stepmom's home. Uh-huh. Let's uh, do yeah. things. Yeah. And if you think about how evil that is, you are turning fathers yes. against their sons. Uh. That is a sacred yeah. relationship. Yeah. That's a sacred bond. And these little jerks yeah. out in pornocopia... At Pornhub yeah. or whatever the porn company is, yeah. are encouraging Eesh. young men to sleep with their stepmoms. The other thing that they do, and, and, and you think about the other aspect, they also have the stepdad mm. that sleeps with the daughter. Mm. That is the most, that's like your nightmare. Yeah. That is, that, you know, like, I'm sorry, but you do a stepdad does that to one of my girls. Mm. I'm showing up with a shotgun. Mm. Like we're, we're not doing this. Like you're going to jail, buddy. Like these, this isn't, there's an evil agenda out there. It's That's, dividing America. I don't even want, I don't care if they don't take any action. I don't yeah. care if they're not encouraged to do this. Uh-huh. Even the thought yeah. of them doing that is evil. Right. And we should totally reject it. But that, this is what happens, right? I am stunned that, you know, I, and I often joke, you know, in some of the private like group chats that that, that some of us have, you know, on the political right. Um, I sometimes joke about like, look, they'll be talking about transgenderism and and how prevalent it is, and where you know where they're where they're forcing it on kids, at, you know, at certain junctures. And I'll joke and I'll be like, well, you know, maybe there's something to the Iranians calling America the Great Satan, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, these the and I'm obviously joking, but you look at the how massive this industry is, mm-hmm. and that and that this this government and and well, all Western governments protect this industry right of 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 incest promotion and sex trafficking and and you know all of the stuff surrounding you know minors and all of this is i mean this is in a lot of in a lot of cases there's legislation that actually supports it mm-hmm. so here here's the thing um America has a very interesting history with porn. Mm. In 1996, Congress actually passed a law. This is like when the internet's mm-hmm. new, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Congress passed a law called the Communications Decency Act. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, it wasn't a porn ban, but right. it set all these safeguards in place to protect kids. Like yep. you had to do age verification, you had to do credit card verification, yep. all that stuff. And the Supreme Court struck it down in a decision called ACLU versus Reno. And what they said is the most idiotic thing ever they said of course it's legal to regulate broadcast television and radio but the internet is not as invasive (laughs) as radio and television raheem i don't know the last time i've actually like turned on a radio to listen to it yeah but but the thing is is that that really kills me you look at how porn is treated versus how sports betting is treated yeah you go to place a sports bet online, and guess what? You have to upload a photo ID. Mm-hmm. Why isn't my right to privacy respected there? Mm. Do you don't think I'm running risks of letting the world know that I want to cast money on sports? But with porn, mm. any kid yeah. can access it at any time. Yep. That's not so. My daughter, my my nine year old daughter, can't place a five dollar bet on the Cubs to win the World Series next year. But she can go to Pornhub.com and see an 18-on-one, barely legal teen. It's just, it's it's evil. And no one voted for it. Right. That's the irony. Everyone voted to protect kids. And our Supreme Court decided that they knew better. Wow. I did not know that. The rights of pornographers are more important than the rights of children to their innocence. That's amazing. That is incredible. Um. Well, look, I mean, we've been going a long time, so uh, we should probably we should probably um, think about wrapping up here. But do you mind me telling the story about 
your kid and Red Dead Redemption? Oh, please. Yeah, this is great. Well, <laughs> is great. well because I'm going to ask you then where you draw the line. Uh-huh. Because I actually accidentally got into a very violent altercation <laughs> with your child on Xbox Live. Oh. And I thought, okay, ladies and gentlemen, so here's the deal. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of the single best video games it's that has ever beautiful. been made. Um, I I worked in a computer game shop growing up. I played a lot of video games growing up. And, and um, you know, I've never had a had a impulsive, violent thought as a result of playing Grand Theft Auto when I was, you know, in my teens or whatever. Um, but I realized that it works differently for different people. Now, what I thought I was playing with you because we were online at the same time and I thought I was playing with you. So what did I do? You hogtied my character. Yes. And like put him on the back of your horse yes. and then found a waterfall. Yes. And threw me off the waterfall. Uh so okay, so here's where I draw the line, right? Like yeah. sex like heavy sexuality, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um action adventure mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. and that's why i like red dead redemption yeah. and I'll, I'll let my kids play that over um grand theft auto, grand theft yeah. auto because there's no sexuality in it right. it's just it's you're a cowboy yeah and you're shooting bad guys and you know hunting down bears and yeah it's just cool yeah. and so i'm okay with that mm-hmm. and yeah you know if some guy comes out of nowhere but it's just cartoons, <laughs> if he right? sneaks up on your kid in it, red dead redemption 2 hog ties him and throws him off a waterfall then you got a problem. The thing is, is that it's it's <laughs> lot, a lot like Looney Tunes, right? I mean, yeah. it's 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 more serious than Looney Tunes, yeah. but like your kids don't take it as seriously as Looney Tunes. Tell you, I'm telling you, I think you should do a parenting podcast. Oh, that's a great idea. You know, they, that is a good point because, um, you know, you think about it like you're a parent today mm-hmm. and you're you're going to struggle with talking to your kids about sex because there's yeah. so many more different types of sex that are out there publicly that your kids friends know right. that you don't know I would love to do that the thing is like I'm totally comfortable talking about sex mm-hmm. um I think we need to get over uh in order to like really return to normalcy we have to get over our version about talking about sex we actually need to expose the left for how gross their sexual ideas are mm-hmm. and how disordered they are um but yeah you could do one on gender you could do one on america you could do one on drugs i mean oh you, this would, that would be a really fun podcast and then when you have a baby yes you can help you can join i will be listening to the podcast for tips it's gonna be interesting it's baby. gonna be very interesting to see you with your first baby because <sighs> You're, you will be becoming a father yeah. and having a newborn baby yeah. at a much later stage in your life than me. Yeah. So like I, my first baby was, I was 19 Yeah. and I had a ton of energy. Yeah. I didn't ever run out. Right. I, you know me, I don't have energy. No, stop, stop. You're, you do. Well, I think, I think to the outside world, it seems like I do because I'm constantly doing something, right? I'm constantly like taking meetings or doing podcasts or on some television show or writing or publishing or editing. But honestly, dude, I'm tired all the time. Mm -hmm. Like all the time. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get it. I don't exactly treat myself, you know, I'm after a day's work, I'm drinking till, you know, the wee hours. But mostly, I mean, not drinking by myself at home, but like because I'm taking meetings or I'm like, you know, whatever. And it just happens and it drains you and whatever. So I think what's going to happen with me is I'm going to have to cut that whole thing out of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just not going to be able to do that anymore. I'm going to turn it to you, Mm -hmm. right? It's it's not that bad. You don't come out anymore. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. No, I know. I know. I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm not looking. I don't think I'm going to do diapers. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's for me, Mm -hmm. you know? I think I'm just gonna hold it over the toilet and squeeze. Does that work? Diapers? Oh, no. the baby. Uh, okay, so here's <laughs> the thing about potty training yeah. is um, your first is gonna be the worst. Oh no! But you can you can um, bribe them with like candy. <laughs> okay. So you just like incentivize it. Yeah. Um, you get over that. Your second one, yeah. and at least in our experience, yeah. the rest have been really easy to potty train because they want to be the big kid like mm. their bigger older brother mm. or sister. Um, so we've had really good experience um, with potty training. Can I ask you one question? Did you ever, uh, teething, mm. I don't know how this turned into this. 
Who are we? <laughs> We're already doing the parenting podcast, brother. What is going on? What Man, is going on? My life two years ago was like, you know, I partying know. and whatever. Anyway, look, uh, <laughs> let me ask you this question. Teething. Did you ever uh, get like brandy rubbed on your gums? When you were a kid, no, um, I did. I At least I think I did. No, no, I have sure a memory of that. That is, that sounds like such a British thing. Yeah. Um, no, it would uh, explain a lot about my relationship with Brandy today. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, such nostalgia. <laughs> All right, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta end this here. Anything else? No, I love you. I love your listeners. I. It's just. Go ahead. Oh, it's just everything's good. Well, tell people where they can follow you, find out more about you. Uh, very simple. AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. I'm on Twitter at Schilling1776. Uh, you know, it's going to be a great day. We're going to we're gonna save this country. They're going to ban your Twitter account because it's not Schilling1619. Oh, they should create a fake, like an alternative account for me. Schilling1619 and just tweets the opposite of whatever <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm going to do that. <laughs> All right, Terry, thanks so much for joining us here today on the National Pulse Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a great weekend. Make sure you share this, subscribe to this on all the different podcast platforms. Leave us comments, which I think you can do on Podbean, or you can leave reviews. Please, you know, all of that helps in sharing this, making this go bigger and more viral than it already does. Um, great big thank you to all of our supporters even though they bought me a gift recently, the National Pulse Artist Collective that you become <laughs> a part of when you join at fundrealnews.com, by the way, fundrealnews.com. They bought me a gift, sent it to the office, and Terry stole it. I didn't steal it. It's still there. I just haven't delivered it. Wow. Terrible delivery guy. All right, guys, we'll see you.